You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. While we're standing, I'd like for us to read this scripture together that's going to wrap this whole toxic series together. I would like to even, uh, if you guys could read the yellow words, the yellow words really loud and clear. This sums up why it's so important for the church and for Christians to resolve conflict God's way. So let's read it together. Ready? Their responsibility, meaning the fivefold ministry, the leaders of every local church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. They are the ones not to do the work of the ministry, but to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. That's the theme. We build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up, this is maturity's measure stick, measuring stick, ready? It is up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You wanna be mature in Christ? It is growing into the full standard of Jesus Christ. That is a huge standard, impossible for us on our own. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Then, here we go, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You may be seated. Can we just hear it for the worship team? To God be the glory. Would you just, uh, if you don't mind, I... I'd like to just pray for me personally and uh, for our time together. So if you would just bow your heads. Father, thank you. Thank you for all the families and even all the little ones who are with us today. And I just pray you be with Michael and his team and E-Kids as they just continue to pour their hearts and lives uh, into the young next generation. God, I just pray that you would get me out of the way. You would just remove anything in my heart and my mind that is not of you. Bless that little one. (laughs) Bless that little one, God. We thank you for our children. We we really do. Um, We really do, Lord. Just sometimes mommy and daddy needs breaks. (laughs) And we thank you for those times to come up for, for air. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives, this ministry. I wanna thank you for our leaders my staff family. I wanna thank you, Lord, for my wife and my children and all that you're doing. God, you have the keys to my heart. Search me today. Anything that you want me to give up, I will give up. 
anything you want me to say, anything you want me to do, I will do. I will say it. Make my life a sacrifice. Make my life a masterpiece for all to see. Put me on display, God, for your glory. May I be a shining light that guides people back to you. I pray that everything is said and done this morning would bring honor and pleasure to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So good to be with you today. And uh, if you're visiting us today, my name is Phil Nelson. I'm the lead pastor here. We're so glad to have you. Please, if you have not got, uh, received or taken a Elevation Community Church mug, that is yours to take as a guest. And we would love to connect with you and meet you and just see uh, what God's doing in your life, his story. So um, we are wrapping up the toxic series uh, uh, today. Uh, has, it, has it encouraged you? <laughs> has it blessed you? Yes. And I say that because if this doesn't get into here, the church is going to remain toxic and what is so sad is, is Jesus even tells us that the way we handle our affairs, the way we handle our relationships, and especially the way we handle unresolved conflict will show the unbelieving world who we follow. Who are you showing to unbelievers that you are following? And we gotta ask that question. If we are saying we are following Christ, we are filled with his spirit, we have a new nature and a new name, then we need to operate different than what we see out there. And Jesus says, by your love and your unity, all men will know, all women, all people will know that you follow me. Isn't that what the church is supposed to be? We welcome everybody, we love everybody, there is a different standard for those who are called by Christ and chose, chosen by Christ. That standard is called unconditional love. That standard is called purity and repentance. That standard does not involve condemnation and judgment upon those who aren't living in the light. And so this toxic series is so important. And my prayer is that you would even go back on YouTube or our website and listen to the messages as you navigate your way through conflict. Because conflict, if you're not going through it now, you will be going through it at some point in your life. Jesus says, like I said before, in this life, you will have much conflict, but be of good cheer because the Holy Spirit within you, Jesus who conquered hell and the grave will be with you always until the ends of the earth. And so I just wanna sum up the series with a few thoughts and then we're gonna have fun with identifying some toxic personalities or tendencies, shall we say. So the first point that we really want to get through with this series is the conflict is a wall. It is a wedge, it is a barrier between us and First, first and most importantly, God. We need to understand that we are in conflict with God because of sin. And so first and foremost, we have to understand that forgiveness is for you. You cannot offer something you have not received. 
Forgiveness is for you, and that's why Jesus came. He became one of us. He humbled himself. He became a servant. He laid down his life in obedience to the Father, even becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And Scripture says he broke down the walls of hostility, the wall of conflict between you and God, which is impossible for man to do. That's why Jesus came. And so forgiveness is for you. Have you received it? Well, I'm not good enough, and I've done some pretty shameful things. That's not what Jesus said when he died on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, I knew what I was doing. You know what? Grace is undeserved favor. You don't deserve it, but Jesus gave it anyway. That is supernatural, agape, unconditional grace and love. And once we receive it and allow it to change who we are and how we function, then, it, then we can understand the next point that forgiveness is for others. And we said a couple weeks back, forgiveness is a decision. It is not a feeling. It is not a process. It is not something that when you feel right and when you think it's right, you'll forgive. Forgiveness is a decision. Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It was a decision. The process is reconciliation and healing. We all need to work through it. We all need to pursue reconciliation. That may take years. That may take a lifetime. But healing or forgiveness is a decision. Sadly, so many Christians live in bondage and spiritual prison because they have not decided to release the offense and the crimes done to them while they are in torment and prison and the others go free. We have to understand that the decision is not how much grace do they deserve, but how much freedom do I desire? Let me say that again. The whole point of forgiveness is not saying how much forgiveness do they deserve, It is all about how much freedom do I want in my life? The next point is uh, that uh, Tim Burcham so wonderfully uh, um, taught was learning to let go of things out of your control. You see, when we try to control things that aren't ours to control, we get a mess, don't we? It's like things explode and backfire in our face and we wonder what happened. The other thing that happens is when we try to control things that aren't ours to control, we get anxiety, worry, and all kinds of crazy stuff, depression, discouragement, bitterness, jealousy that follows that. The Bible in James 4, chapter 3 says that all of that is unspiritual, earthly, and demonic. And it stems from Trying to control things that aren't yours to control. Who in your life are you trying to control? What circumstances are you trying to control? Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Then everything will fall into place as God sees fit. We have to learn to follow what Elsa, I think it's Elsa or whatever that one blonde lady in Frozen says, let it go. Obviously, I haven't watched it enough. Let it go. If it's not yours to control, let it go. If it's not your responsibility to change, and usually your only responsibility is yourself, let it go. The next point 
It's the Bible's guidelines for addressing conflict. One in Matthew 18, which is Jesus's guidelines, and one in Romans 12, which is Paul's guidelines. We need to follow this pattern after Jesus. How many do you know? How many of you know that when you follow in the steps of Jesus, all things work together for good? All things fall in line. Yet we're human, we're broken, we're messed up, and we do make mistakes, but we're supposed to keep getting up and pursuing Christ Jesus. Number five, healthy communication and listening is required. The whole goal for resolving conflict is to listen and understand each other. That is not the world's culture. That is not how they process. But again, we are called to a standard of Christ, not the world. And we are called to be in healthy communication and listening to understand each other. I really encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to listen to the testimony of me and, and Tiffany of what God did through the last couple of years in, in restoring relationship, but also um, talking about a communication tool that you can use in your marriage and parenting and at work and in church to properly listen and share your heart to where you better understand each other. The church really needs to grow in this area. And so today, what we're going to do with the, just the, the few minutes remaining, we're going to look at six types of toxic people. Six types of toxic people. Could you identify a toxic person if they were in the room? Now, you may be married to a toxic person, but please do not nudge them. Let the Holy Spirit do that. But I think, so the first thing is I want you to do is I want you to try to identify people in your life, maybe in the church, maybe at work, maybe in your family, that may resemble or may reflect some of these tendencies. Don't point the finger, don't cast judgment, but just identify for your own awareness of how to get involved with that person. If there is a toxic person, you need to set healthy boundaries for yourself so you don't get pulled into their toxicity. And you don't want them to pour in their toxic behavior into you either. Do you know that the people who influence you most, you become like them? If you surround your life at the core, your inner circle is filled with toxic tendencies, guess what's gonna happen with you? And guess what's gonna come out of you? Now, I'm not saying exclude unbelievers and toxic people from their life because you may be the only light of Christ in their life. But who you allow to pour into your life matters. Who you allow to pull out of you matters. I really feel the Holy Spirit this morning teaching us. I hope you receive it because the church needs to wake up. It is time for revival. What is revival? Awakening. The church needs to awaken. And if we can't understand how to be in unity with one another, how are we going to usher in God's presence? and build up the body with the gifts of the spirit and all the things that the, the Lord wants to do. If we can't get this right, we are gonna stay infants and children like Ephesians 4 says. The second thing I want to do when we go through these six uh, toxic people uh, tendencies is I want you to ask, is that me? I want you to look in the mirror. It may, need, may not be 100% you, but there may be a tendency that's reflected in this category that may hit you like a two by four. And I want you to do one thing. I want you to ask the Lord 
to show you what you need to do to lay down, to lay it down, to let it go and receive what he wants for you. Because if you can relate to these toxic behavior and you don't let it go and you continue to let it foster, you are gonna bring harm to yourself and other relationships, let alone the church. A little tiny yeast will contaminate a whole batch of dough. So this is pretty serious and that's why we're gonna be a little lighthearted while stepping on your toes. There's no greater way, right? You gotta be funny and step on their toes at the same time so they don't know. So we're gonna try that. So we're gonna start with the first toxic person. Do you know him? It is egomaniac. And I thought I'd, you know, uh, add a little bit of uh, humor uh, to the picture. So we're going to use dogs today. I thought I would use pictures of my whole family that fit, but I didn't think that would be good. So kidding. So egomaniac, egomaniac. Uh, I was reminded, I heard this before, but I was reminded by my brother, Chad. Ego stands for edging God out. When you edge God out, you put yourself on the throne. Whoo. You see, the result that God wants to do in transforming you is exalting God only. You edge God out, you are going to have conflict upon conflict and hurt people in the process. You exalt God only, you are going to build up the church. Egomaniacs only think about themselves. They only care about their own needs and agenda. They lack showing empathy and compassion to others. Why? Because all they see is them. They're the center of the show. They're the lead actor. They are the enchilada. They are the main dish on the table. They lack showing empathy to others. Often they cannot see the people's needs and emotions and time in front of them. They truly believe, and this is hard, this is a narcissistic quality. They truly believe that they are better and can do better than anyone else. They're unaware of others and their surroundings. And I'm not justifying any of these. Obviously, anyone in these categories have been wounded and trained and taught in unhealthy ways that God can pursue and transform. None of these tendencies are too far out of God's reach to change us. That's what he wants to do. So here's a scripture that goes with it. If anyone you know of, this is how you can pray for them. If it is you, this is what you can start putting in your life. Be humble. You're gonna see a theme in every one. It's all about humility. Jesus modeled it. Humble yourselves thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. So if you have tendencies in this area, you need to always constantly, when you get up and go to bed, ask Christ for his mind. Ask him for his heart and his attitude and read scriptures where Jesus models this lifehood of service and humility. The second one is the controller. I love this picture. Who's in control? The one who's tied up or the one who's pulling, right? The leash, who's supposed to be leading. That's what controllers do. They take the lead, they take the reins, and they don't have much awareness or compassion for anyone else that's doing the job that they think they should do and can do better. 
controllers tries to control everything around them. They need to be in charge and they need to be in charge always. Here's what fuels the controller. They feel if they're not in control, everything else will fall apart. When everything else falls apart, they're out of balance and they're insecure. So before you judge a person with controlling tendencies, have a little compassion because what they've known in the past or something that's happened to them has spoken lies over them that in order for them to have peace, they have to have control. We need to break those lies in Jesus' name and teach them their true identity. And that's where the scripture comes into play. Don't worry about anything. See, controllers tend to worry and that's why they grip. I have some of that in me too. You're not alone. But it says, don't worry about anything. Let go of the reins. Stop it. Literally, come to God, come to Christ. Let him take care of you and give you rest and teach you. It says this, instead, pray about everything. One thing the Lord has revealed to me and Lauren this weekend is the church, include really us, but the church does not pray like we really should pray. We need to start praying and expecting results, and until we see results, we keep praying. Because I believe prayer is gonna unlock so much in our church. And so many want to change. So many want more of God, but they still have not stepped over to clear their schedule enough to learn what it means to pray continuously through the day. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you have controller tendencies, I really encourage you to print this out, to put this somewhere in front of you every day and understand the things that you can't control are God's to control. And always ask yourself when you're starting to get anxiety or worry, what is mine to control? What is mine to control? And what is yours to control? Your responsibility, God will show you and equip you to handle that in his power. But whatever is not yours to control, you try to control, you will have anxiety, worry, stress, high blood pressure. And the Lord's saying, you got to let me in. Do you trust me that I am in control? Next, this one's my favorite, the drama magnet. Drama, 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 drama. I could say that because I was a theater major. I was thespian of the year. Yes, you can make fun of me. I don't care. I loved drama. But one thing I hate in my life is conflict drama. I want to get a sign for our home. No drama allowed inside, right? Drama magnet, this is something that, uh, or someone that feeds off of gossip and rumors and, and half-truths and all kinds of drama. We see this all over social media. Drama, 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 drama. Me, 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 me. Drama seems to follow them because usually drama is sparked and ignited by them. They are often the drama starter and then they jump on the wave and then when things don't go their way, they are in counseling because they don't understand what happened when they started it in the first place. <laughs> drama, 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 drama. 
when Ephesians 4 happens and we're not equipped properly and we don't grow into unity together in the spirit, we stay infants and immature. This is where this toxic behavior and all the other toxic tendencies come into play. That's why Paul says, you need to grow up in the Lord. So the scripture for this, for the drama magnet, by the way, the the drama magnets often put other people or pull them into the drama themselves. If you're not careful, watch it. You get in the middle of the ring and you're the one getting hit. They put you in awkward situations, uncomfortable. And so this, again, I say, 2 Timothy, don't get involved. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must be kind to everyone. If you're dealing with a drama magnet, you are called to be kind to them. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Is that you? Do you see yourself in this toxic person? If so, what do you need to let go of? The fourth thing is the energy vacuum. (laughs) The energy vacuum. When you're around them, they suck the life out of you and you leave and you go home and you wonder why you're exhausted. And there's tons of different energy drainers. Sometimes it's squeaky wheels. Sometimes they just don't know when to stop talking and you know they never stop to listen. <laughs> it's just all their list of things and items. And then you're like, you come home from work and you're like, why am I so exhausted? They're unaware. All they see is their needs, their insecurities. And so they suck the life and the energy out of the room. Sometimes they overwhelm you because they're not sensitive to your time and your needs and your priorities. They create problems and feed off a negativity. And they criticize and sometimes bully. Awareness of the Holy Spirit is step one. We need to be aware of others. Here's a scripture that goes with the energy vacuum. Always be humble, see the theme, and gentle. These toxic people tendencies will never go away or diminish from your life if you don't humble yourself. Humble yourself, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. There's that word again, unity. Binding yourselves together in peace. The fifth one is the deceiver. I love that picture. It's like, uh uh-oh, right? The deceiver. This kind of person is one that has just learned in their culture and their, of how to survive is just to tell half-truths to tell white lies constantly and they get really good at it and they do it because they need to manipulate the situation so that it can go their way. So they use others and situations to manipulate it for their benefit. You think they're doing it intentionally, sometimes it is just evil trained within them. Old habits, sinful ways, things that have been done to them in the past. They're skilled This is one thing to watch out with this in yourself and others. They're skilled at making you think that you're guilty. They are really good that when you leave the conversation, you feel like you're at fault. To me, if you ever leave that and you're really feeling that, just know that it's not you. It's a deceiver tendency, okay? 
And so the scripture that goes with this is don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. We are called to be real people finding hope in a real savior. We need transformation in all of these areas. But friends, if we're trying to manipulate the situation, it will never go in a way that builds others up and unites the people of God. It will harm people and it will keep you locked up in misery for a long time. The last and certainly not least is always the victim. Now, I am not undermining when people are truly victims of crime and abuse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a mentality where you always think it's someone else. It's always someone else's fault, but everything that could happen under the sun happens to me. It's like Eeyore, right? Woe is me. Woe is me. Everything just happens. I mean, the deck of cards that I was dealt with, God must not love me. Woe is me, everyone else is happy, but I'm not. We have to be very careful of that. They're not happy with other people's accomplishments and success. They're actually jealous and they compare you with themselves. They often play the victim card. They're driven by jealousy and comparison. I just said that. They minimize how others feel so that they can feel better and look better. They're always looking for the attention of affirmation. Affirmation's not wrong. But when that's the only thing that will satisfy you and you do whatever you can to get the attention, that's toxic. And so the scripture to encourage us and to pray over those people who fit this category in your life is this. Do you hear an echo in the room? So humble yourselves. Under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, Satan, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking him who he may devour. Stand firm against him. Stand firm and be strong in your faith. So did you recognize anyone in your life in these six categories? How might you be able to pray for them? How might you be able to be a light of Christ, to literally love them so that God can capture their heart. Where do you fall in one of these six categories? If you think you can't relate to any of them, I would really encourage you to look deeper because I think we all are able until we get face to face with Jesus and we're perfect as he's perfect, we've got work to do. And the only way we can change is letting go and allowing the Holy Spirit to move. So with the worship team come on up, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And the prayer is out of Psalms 139. And I want us just to take a minute to really search our hearts and ask God to show us any toxic way that we may not be aware of, that we have put under the rug or on the shelf, and it is keeping us from seeing unity and reconciliation in our lives. It's so easy to find toxic people in front of you and around you. It's a whole nother story to look in the mirror and see a toxic person. 
God wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to heal you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to make you more like him. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you've prayed, God, change me? God, show me, search my heart. When's the last time you've asked the Holy Spirit to fill you? That's a real thing. We're gonna talk about that in a couple weeks. In a new series, we're calling Awaken. Where do you need God to come in like a flood? But you, you have to understand, you have to learn and be able to let go so that you can receive what God has given you. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything. Can you say that prayer today? God, point out anything that offends you. Toxicity offends our heavenly father. Unresolved conflict offends God Almighty. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me? God, we just, right now, we lay ourselves down as living sacrifices. And I just ask during this next time of worship that you would press into us, God, and just show us our hearts. I pray we would respond today. Every single person would respond today by laying our lives and our hearts down. If you need to come forward and get out of your seat and just come and kneel before the Lord, if you just need to stand and lift your hands, whatever it is, will, are you willing to say, God, search me, test me, point out what offends you and lead me and guide me? If you're willing to say that prayer, Buckle up because God is going to move in your life something incredibly awesome. He is looking for people who are broken and desperate enough to say, I can't do this anymore. Come change me, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me, lead me, and guide me. So God, may your presence right now through your Holy Spirit just minister to us as we worship. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.